a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. And <laughs> as we've been following the events happening around the world and in Washington, D.C. today, a signing ceremony continues to go on at the White House as we speak. President Trump uh, presiding there with uh, representatives from Israel, uh, the Prime Minister ben, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, along with UAE representatives and Bahrainian uh, representatives signing this uh, historic peace accord uh, at the White House today. We'll continue to monitor that and uh, may dip into that as we go on through. We were talking before the break uh, about this is uh, International Day of Democracy and, of course, one of the important things, and uh, I love that the Secretary General of the U.N. talked today about the importance of those first freedoms, what we call the first freedoms here in the United States, uh, including freedom of the press and freedom of speech. And so I felt like it was a good day to dip back in. Uh, also an interesting day in uh, Bob Woodward's new book, uh, Rage, uh, which is about uh, his conversations with President Trump and others with uh, inside the White House, uh, is on bookshelves today. Uh, and the interesting thing to me is, uh, obviously there's a lot of people who have a lot of opinions about Bob Woodward and, uh, whether you love the president or you hate the president, uh, that usually is sort of where things are falling these days. But, uh, of course, Bob Woodward has been around for a long time. Uh, he became well-known during Watergate, uh, was part of that tag team that, uh, uncovered a lot of those critical pieces to the, the Watergate cover-up. And uh, we had the opportunity to to interact with him on a number of occasions about a year and a half ago as the uh, Deseret News held an event in Washington, D.C., Integrity and Trust, Lessons from Watergate to Today. And in the course of that, I had uh, several opportunities to interview Bob Woodward, uh, not so much about what he was writing about President Trump or what else was going on, but really looking at it, one, what is the role of the free press and uh, freedom of the press? And then what is our role as citizens? What's the role of politicians and elected officials? What what do they need to do and be done? And so I wanted to share a couple of those today just for context, uh, because, again, whether you're going to rush out and, and buy a copy of Rage and, and dive into that uh, and all of the divisiveness that's in there, uh, or if you just want to step back and look at some of the higher level principles, uh, I think it's important to understand the framework, I think, that Bob Woodward functions from and then you can figure out what you agree with what you disagree with and what you can move on from Uh, so I asked him about his responsibility as a journalist what's his job to do my job as a journalist it's try to find out uh, what happened and present it in uh, articles or in books in the most authoritative way and I have a unending, undying optimism and belief in the political system we have in this country. And it's the job of the politicians, particularly, to sort through what the facts are and decide what to do. And I think it's in the end in the hands of citizens to make their own judgment, and they should. But I can't step back. Uh, So, you know, it's, it's in other people's court 
And I think too many people in my business are even opinion writers are, you know, saying this and that, and it means the following, and that's that's fine. But for me, it's uh, stand on the sidelines and try to find out as much of the truth and what the facts are as possible. Again, that's my conversation with Bob Woodward uh, from last year in our Therefore What podcast, uh, and, and really getting through this whole idea of how do we get to the truth, that it is the job of the journalist to to be on the sideline, to find the facts, to call balls and strikes, uh, then it's the job of the politician to get through all of those facts, to make decisions. But ultimately, and I love that he said this, ultimately, it is the job of the citizens to break it all down and assess it. Uh, and that's ultimately how we make sure democracy continues, that freedom of speech and freedom of the press and all those others first, those other first freedoms that are so vital to us. Uh, we talked about a, a term that uh, that we've been using around here for a couple of years now. It's one that I think is a great threat uh, to democracy and freedom around the world, especially in the digital age. And that is this idea of instant certainty, that we have to immediately put up or post whatever it is uh, we hear or think uh, or see. And so often we have found that what we initially think is the truth is not really the truth. What we really think are the facts may not be the facts. There may be much more to the story. Uh, so I pose that to Bob Woodward is what is the what is the role of instant certainty and how does how is that a threat uh, to our freedom and democracy? That's a great term, instant certainty. And what happens in or particularly on cable television, both sides, left right with uh, Fox News, people are so, this is the way it is. There's no alternative. There's not another side. Uh, so again, that instant certainty really is the the threat to getting to the truth. It's also the threat to building trust. And so we have to make sure we're, we're pacing that out. Uh, the last thing I want to share from my interview with Bob Woodward uh, is he described the last speech that uh, Richard Nixon gave uh, to his staff uh, that I think is applicable to all of us. So Nixon had gone down. He was leaving the White House. He was leaving the presidency. And this is uh, the important lesson, a, a group that had been really driven by hate and anger and frustration and revenge. Uh, he said we need to do something a little bit different. He said, quote, always remember Others may hate you, but those who hate you don't win unless you hate them. And then you destroy yourself. Think of the wisdom at that moment that Nixon had. He realized that the hating, which was in many ways the piston of his administration, the hating destroyed him, not his opponents. And that in that moment, you, you see a kind of self-understanding that we don't necessarily associate with Nixon, but also we see not just a political lesson, but a wonderful lesson for all of us, everyone, uh, hating in the end, doesn't destroy your enemies. It is the hating that destroys you. 
Again, that's uh, my interview uh, from last year with Bob Woodward. Again, he's uh, been around the press a lot uh, these last few days as his book rolls out on President Trump. Uh, But I love his comment there about Richard Nixon and that realization, that recognition that those who hate you don't win until you hate them and then you destroy yourself. Uh, that is so true. And as Bob Woodward said, it is not just politics. Uh, that is a good life lesson, to be sure. And again, we're also seeing this play out uh, in the White House today, this uh, historic signing of this peace accord between Israel, the UAE and Bahrain, uh, and in a region where there has been a lot of hate. Uh, and that hate has not just uh, destroyed the relationships with different countries. Uh, it's actually destroyed those countries. Uh, as they have really given in to that hate and anger and fear and frustration and divisiveness. Uh, and that's an important lesson for all of us to, uh, to look to. We're going to step aside for bottom of the hour. When we come back, Miles Hansen from the World Trade Center, Utah, will join us. Don't miss it next on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.